Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. What is up, everyone? It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. 49ers show up in a big way and get a huge, huge victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Pretty much secure that if they win the division, they're going to have the number three seed, which is absolutely fantastic. You couple that with the Seattle Seahawks loss to the Carolina Panthers, and the 49ers are a Thursday night game away from not only clinching the division, potentially, um, but, you know, with the Vikings losing as well, being in the possibilities of getting to that second seed, uh, Brock Purdy looked absolutely fantastic in this game. He made some big-time throws, uh, some that made, your whole, made you hold your breath, but overall the 49ers offense did a really good job. You know, and Jan is talking about injuries. What's up, Jan? How's it going? A ton of injuries. Hopefully not very many of them are going to be serious. We'll see what happens with Debo Samuel. Uh, it's an ankle injury, NFL network, or NFL reporting. As of right now, it may not be serious. We'll see what Kyle Shanahan has to say about it. But I thought overall, you know, the 49ers had a couple injuries to Kevin Givens. They had an injury to Kerry Hyder. would look like an ankle at the end of the football game. Uh, it's a tough physical game. And WTM comes through with the super chat and says, yeah, uh, love it. Yeah, absolutely was enjoying this football game. 49ers go in and just absolutely handle the GOAT and Tom Brady and the and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. And what's up, Daryl? How's it going? With a super chat, Daryl says, huge win with a Seattle loss and the Vikings. Yeah, it all went the 49ers way as far as schedule and win. Uh, teams they needed to lose lost. They got, the, got it done. Uh, and then, you know, when it comes down to it, hopefully there's going to be good news on the injury front. The knee for Kevin Givens gives me some worry with Hassan Ridgeway being out last week. 
And then Kerry Hyder, you could tell it was an ankle. Um, hopefully those aren't serious, but with a short week moving forward against Seattle, the 49ers could be looking to bring in, you know, defensive tackle help. They have Alex Barrett that's on the practice squad, but they're probably going to look into bringing guys like Sheldon Day and other players like that. Uh, so hopefully um, it, we get good news. And Mr. Course is glad they're saying it's not serious. I'm with you. I thought the fact that he was moving his ankle around a little bit, that they actually thought it was structurally strong enough for him to walk off the field and he gave it a try was good news. He's going to be out for sure against Seattle. I don't think there's any way he plays in that game, but I'm hopeful that he's going to be ready to go uh, for the playoffs. And it looks like the 49ers are going to be playoff bound and you know they're going to be able to do it with a third string quarterback. Who would have thought? Joe Rockstar says Brady lost his house, kids, and game in the divorce. Ooh, deceiving. That was that was tough. Bomber T says the 49ers team store sold out of Purdy jerseys at Levi's as well. They should. Brock Purdy played a game beyond his years. The way that he moved and navigated throughout the pocket, got rid of the football and made timely good throws. The way he ran the offense and can plays and use everything that he needed to do, Oscaring play, switching him from side to side. He looked like a seasoned veteran. That is not a normal rookie, uh, you know, seventh round draft pick. He's a guy that comes in with great poise, understanding of the offense, and he executed at a high level. And that's why Kyle Shanahan had so many explicit, uh, explicit words to use, uh, you know, during the halftime speech because he's just excited about what Brock Purdy brings to this 49ers team and the way that he stepped up. And, you know, there's so many question marks after the Jimmy Garoppolo injury. And I think a lot of those got answered because that was not a bad Buccaneers defense. That was a good Buccaneers defense. Not a great, but a good Buccaneers defense. And he went in there and not only navigated, but executed at a high level. And so this was a big win for the 49ers. And they just keep rolling six victories in a row for the San Francisco 49ers. It was not too long ago. You know, there's lots of conversations about, you know, this team you know, potentially missing the playoffs. And now you look back and you see them at nine and four, and they're one of the best teams in the NFC and a real threat to some of the other teams in this division. It's fantastic. Uh, SG says, Debo, whoa, uh, like that. Ernest says, I hope this is going to be a storybook ending. Yeah, the story is there, right? I mean, it just has to have the ending. And that ending has to end with the 49ers winning a Super Bowl. And that's going to be a tough order, of course. But we'll see. What happens moving forward? And Randy Daytona says, we did it. Yes, we did. It was a fantastic performance. Uh, my Wild That's Bold prediction came true. If you were on the preview show yesterday, my Wild That's Bold, Tom Brady, who had only thrown three interceptions, would throw two in this football game. He did it. And the 49ers defense continued to force turnovers, continued to harass Tom Brady. Even though they weren't able to get him down for sacks, they made him throw the ball before he wanted to. They made him rush. And overall, the secondary played pretty good. I did have a little bit of concerns about seeing players getting behind Yamano Lenore. Uh, Julio Jones got behind him. Mike Evans got behind him. Uh, Godwin got behind him. So I think that, you know, that's one thing they're going to have to watch exactly how they went about doing that. Uh, but overall, he made plays. He was able to get, you know, make, play catch up and get there. And Brady underthrew those passes. So it was really, really good. And uh, lots of people in chat. I hope everyone's having a good one. Ernest says, Debo injury looked bad. Yeah, I think it's one of the interesting things where it did look really bad, but I don't think it's, from all the reports, as significant as it looked. Every once in a while, you get lucky. 
Uh, you know, and that's the thing. They didn't put an air cast on it. They were letting him move it around. They were structurally checking its integrity. And once it became an ankle, that's a, a better situation for the 49ers overall. It's not an ACL or anything to do with the knee. Um, that kind of limits what it is. Now, if it's a high ankle sprain, he's out for a while. If it's a low ankle sprain, you're talking two to three weeks. But we'll find out exactly what that is here pretty shoot, uh, pretty soon. So, um. Let's see, Mr. Corsi says, can't believe what a crybaby Brady was. It turned into embarrassing. Yeah, that was funny, actually. A group chat with my mom and dad, and my mom sends a, a text message that says, I didn't know Tom Brady was such a whiner. Uh, just funny times. And he was. He was complaining pretty consistently. Uh, and Ernest says, I didn't need a replay to see that injury. I didn't need to see it either. I, In fact, I didn't want to look at it. Nessa says, Ant Live, I love the reaction over the live game stream. What game? Uh, you and me said, why can't a rookie win the Super Bowl, right? There there you go, SL. Why not Brock Purdy? If you haven't had an opportunity, I did put a video out about why not Brock Purdy. We went over, you know, all the things that are, you know, backup quarterbacks winning Super Bowls in this league and how that's tough, but also it's tough because no rookie's ever done it. But why not Brock? And I think it's a fun conversation to have. And now I think more people are going to take Brock Purdy and this 49ers team serious uh, nationally because he came out there and he executed Palmertis, the entire stadium was chanting Purdy. I haven't seen anything like that in years. You're right. I think the closest thing, you know, to this, I mean, of course, we had the David Carr ones when Alex Smith was playing bad, uh, but I think it would have to be right when Joe Montana was coming back from injury and the entire crowd was chanting for Joe to come back in. I think that's probably the last time, but a fan base is uniting around Brock Purdy, and he's he's giving him good reason why he's going out there and executing this offense. And, I mean, there was plays where he rolled out on play action, and Joe Tryon and other defenders had him dead to rights, and he made a move and then made a throw. It was a, it was a very nice performance, the way he navigated through the pocket, the way he used his legs to make plays. It was a really good performance from Brock Purdy, and I think a lot more people are going to feel more comfortable. Traffic says, so grateful to be a 49er fan. Third-string quarterback and nothing changes. Any other team would be down and out. You're right, Traffic, and I think this team overcoming injuries they just don't miss a beat i don't know if i've ever seen a team that could overcome injuries the way that the san francisco 49ers do uh, the way that they're able to you know just shake these things off and move forward there's lots of injuries this, i mean and no one would have blamed the 49ers if they would have struggled after the debo samuel injury the way he was carted off how emotional he was well but they didn't they didn't they didn't pack it in they went out there and they executed and and they, they went ahead and pulled out even more. Christian McCaffrey looked explosive today in the run game. The 49ers had it all going. It was a fun game to watch overall. And Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could just never get anything going against this 49ers defense. John's uh, Wasak Francisco says, Tom Brady just passed the torch of overlooked quarterbacks who become great to Proc Purdy. I love that. What's up, Brad Jones? He says, now that was fun. Lou says, that's bold. Purdy looking great again. It was nice to see Brock Purdy duplicate a performance that he had last week. SL says, with this defense and weapons, CMC went off. He did. He was explosive. You know, it was just last week that Chris Furster, uh, the run game and offensive line coach, run game coordinator and offensive line coach, talked about the fact that Christian McCaffrey apologized to him for not taking full advantage of the run game and being able to you know, get through those holes at the offensive line trade. He said he was going to be better, and he was better. There was one point, I don't know what he finished with, but there was one point in this football game where um, he had, I think it was uh, averaging over 11 yards per carry. It was pretty darn ridiculous. Um, 
he was just he looked spectacular today. He really did look spectacular in this game. Christian McCaffrey uh, was able to do it all, and I think that is that's really cool. You know, I mean, this team they really got it done over 400 yards of offense. Uh, they, you know, once again, that you know, overall the time of possession looks similar, but the 49ers were changing things. But over 200 yards for the 49ers, I, I think that is spectacular running the football. And Christian McCaffrey had 14 carries for 119 yards. That's an 8.5 average. And then he had the 38-yard touchdown. And then Jordan Mason came in and cleaned up duty, you know, with 11 carries, 56 yards. That's five, over five yards a carry. And he had the big 18-yard run. So you see there, you know, and Debo, of course, had the big 13-yard touchdown run in the first half. That was a great play call, great execution from the 49ers. It's just a really, really good performance by this 49ers team. And it feels like they just keep continuing, you know, to get it done. And I'm glad to see chat really supporting Brock Purdy. I love it. Uh, Brad Jones says, starting the campaign now for Kyle to be coach of the year if they finish 13-4, and four, wouldn't that be absolutely spectacular? The fact that the every single game they're in is a winnable football game for the rest of the year. 49ers, you know, with a big win over Seattle on Thursday night, that's where all attention is going to be here pretty soon. Uh, they're going to basically put this thing out of reach. They're two and a half games up on Seattle. With the win, they're going to clinch the division. And then with Minnesota falling today, that number two seed is within reach. A San Francisco 49ers could get, you know, home home field all the way to the NFC Championship game, you know, and one upset of the the Eagles away from potentially having an NFC Championship game at home. It is it is really spectacular the way the 49ers have turned this season around. Once they started executing, uh, they just has been no looking back. Mr. Corey said he said the score would be 35-21. Uh, so really good job on the offensive part of that. And then, you know, Tampa Bay just got nothing going on offense, just nothing going. Google Account says, looks like Debo may have dodged a serious ankle injury, but we have to wait for an MRI tomorrow. That is good news overall. Anytime that happens, that's good news. Gold Rush says, they should have been our second shutout of the season. Shake my head. It was close. They, they almost did it. And KNDR says, you smell what the Brock is cooking? Uh, it's fantastic. Donald Johnson says, maybe Brady should... I've threw his tablet to receivers because better at throwing tablets. Love to see it. And if you watched uh, Jay in the Bay's What's Good show, he talked about the, the tablets. He wanted to see more tablets getting broke. Tom Brady did not disappoint. And what's up, David Campbell? How's it going? Thomas says, hey, everyone. Love how tough they played. It was fantastic. And said, go Purdue. Interesting. This, of course, says, I have the 49ers Lions game when the Montana came back on VCR tape. Love that. Montana. Oh, spectacular. Jay Hill, what's going on, Jay? He says, Mr. Corey, what are you talking about? Lenore has been playing well. Uh, well, what he's talking about is this game itself. Lenore had a little bit of struggles. Last week was probably Lenore's best performance. This one, this week, some question marks. So I think that, you know, it's one of those things where Lenore's got to you know, clean some things up. They probably took advantage of him on some double moves. I'm looking forward to watching the All-22 and seeing exactly what it was. Uh, I don't game, says... Tua got a lot of shade for his play last week after today and how Tua-esque Brady looked at times. It's safe to say it might be the defense who's at fault. I'm with you. I think you're correct. Ziggy says, let's go, Purdy baby. Uh, love it. And Jay Hill says, um, maybe we say in Brock we trust. I think that's a good one. There's a lot of them. And Thomas says, oh, it wasn't Purdue. It was Purdy. Uh, love that. And we got a super chat from WTM. Says, no fear here. That win felt good. No fear here. Love it. Yeah, no fear when you got a team that plays like this. 
Brad says, Ant, once you're done, go look at the Purdy video. Going to find his family after the game makes you feel great. Oh, I'm going to have to check that out for sure. I want to see that. Um, I want to see him, you know, talking to his family. I thought it was so cool seeing them, like, on their way, you know, in the, you know, uh, in the airport and all that. I thought that was absolutely fantastic. So I'm really, really looking forward to seeing that. Jay Hill says Ant Hill is going to be very fun. Yeah, we're going to have a fun show this week. So make sure you guys tune in to the Ant Hill show and check that out. And Ernest says Brock spitting venom in the passing game. Brock venom purdy. I like that. Mr. Corey says, Ant, I already told you the reason we're winning it. Me and Purdy share the same birthday, and he's from Arizona where the Super Bowl is at. Yeah, I love that it's you and your birthday. Uh, Ant, uh, uh, Lou says, Ant, thoughts on my logo? Yeah, I can't see it. I see that it says 262. I don't see what it says on top of that. I'm going to have to check that out further, Lou, but um, I love that you got the crying laughing faces. Uh, Dan says, sweep the season. I still think it's tough to win... The, the remaining four games, just it's tough to win in the NFL. But I do think that the 49ers are going to have a good opportunity. Now, we'll see what that Arizona game means. If the Arizona game at the last part of the season, if the 49ers have won the rest of them, and there's no real meaning for that game, uh, you could see the 49ers rest their starters and potentially you know they could lose that one. But, I mean, I would not count the 49ers out from being able to win all five after the performance that they won today. The rest of the other four after seeing the performance of this team uh, led by Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy did a really good job. So, I mean, why would we count them out in any of the games are going to be favored in every single football game they play for the rest of the year? Ernest says, did you see at the end of the third quarter, 139% QBR? That is ridiculous. Lou says, Ant, I like that Kyle seemed to open up the offense more. It felt that way. I thought what was interesting is the end of the first half, I really felt that they were just playing for a field goal. Next thing you know, it's a double move, and uh, Brock Purdy throws the ball, which felt like it hung up in the air forever, and uh, that Brandon Ayuk was waiting for it for a long time, but it ends up getting it done for a huge touchdown. They were just willing to make the plays, and Brock Purdy was taking advantage of every open receiver he could find. I am so interested in the All-22. I'm so interested in all the breakdowns that are going to happen you know, this week, and I think it's going to be a fun week. We're going to get to see you know, Brock Purdy's huge game, but also it's going to be a quick turnaround for Seattle. So buckle up. Lots of stuff this week. It's going to be great. SL says, I know Kyle said Purdy isn't a run threat like Trey, but to me, he's like a mix of Jimmy and Trey. Great footwork and great poise. Yeah. One of those things where he's not as dynamic as Trey Lance with the football in his hands as far as running, um, but he has enough of a burst to extend plays. And as we saw around the goal line, uh, he feels comfortable getting touchdowns. You're talking about a guy that was a double-digit touchdown guy on the ground as a quarterback. I wouldn't exactly put him as a run threat, um, but he's someone you have to keep a, your, your eye on, right? If you don't keep your rush lane integrity, he can get outside and create, and that's what he was doing in this football game. He kind of just can go off the cuff. Uh, it, everything. He's not a robot. Not everything has to go perfect for him to be able to execute. I think that's a nice trait to have in a quarterback because most of the time, things aren't going to go exactly how you want. And when that happens, how do you react? And I think he's one of those guys that reacts really good on his feet. He can throw off platform and all those things go to help him really make good plays. Uh, so I was excited about it. WTM says, what grade do you give the offensive line? I thought the offensive line was spectacular today. I'm giving the offensive line an A. Without rewatching this game, I'll have to rewatch it, of course. Uh, but I would give them an A in this game. I thought they really held up good. They were able to pick up the stunts, the blitzes. I mean, were there free rushers at times? Yes. Um, but 
you know, they ran the football for over 200 yards. They kept Brock Purdy upright for most of the football game, giving an A to this offensive. Google account says, bro, even one of my tablets Brady threw got intercepted. Ooh, love that. Uh, Abdul says, we need to hope Debo is okay and rest him for a few weeks if he is. Yeah, the good news is if it's something like a low ankle sprain, which, I mean, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Uh, but if it is a low ankle sprain, it's usually a two- to three-week injury. He misses Seattle, but then they have a long, long time off before Christmas Eve when they would play the Washington uh, Commanders. So that gives him a lot of time to be ready. So there's potential, if it's a low ankle sprain, for him to be ready for the Commanders. Uh, but you could probably leave him out until New Year's Day if you wanted to and play him against uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Or, you know, like you said, Abdul, you could just let him rest uh, because potentially you can win all these football games. I think the most important game is a Seattle game. And if uh, the Seattle Seahawks, you know, if you feel like you can beat him without Debo, um, you go ahead and do it. I mean, you'd like to have him out there, but the 49ers have plenty of weapons um, to be able to overcome it. Dan says Ufanga also needs to clean up some things up. I've gotten lucky early, need to stop getting baited. Yeah, something happened there. There was a breakdown in coverage. Uh, you can see Hufanga on that big touchdown to Evans that gets called back. He comes up, he recognized something. He thought it was the screen, and it ended up going the wrong way. I think he's a very instinctive player and very intelligent, you know, a lot like Fred Warner. But I think sometimes he gets caught because of it. And I those plays are, you know, catching up to him. So I think they want him to continue to be instinctive. They want him to trust his, you know, his, his instincts. But um, you know, at some point, if you're getting beat a lot like that, your instincts are you know doing you a disservice and you need to trust your eyes more. So we'll see if he goes more to reaction than pre-game adjustment or pre-play adjustment. Um, but you're right. I mean, Hufanga needs to make sure he doesn't get beat. You can't give up those big explosive plays. Those can change a game. David Campbell says, you know, it's a route when TB goes for on uh, fourth seven times. Spectacular stat right there. Brad Jones says, did the, these question marks about Lenore come in the second half or the first half as well, considering we were basically playing prevent defense in the second half? Um, I think it was both. It's both halves for me. My only my thoughts have always been about Lenore, uh, just that he would stick with guys. I thought last week was probably his best game as a pro, and I thought this week that he there was a couple times where defenders got behind him where he's having to run chase. Uh, he's chasing it down. He's losing contact. Uh, luckily, he did get his eyes around for one of them, and that prevented from being any pass interference. I don't think it's like a terrible, uh, but I just think it's something that he needs to clean up a little bit. And I think that when you have a young player, that's kind of normal. So more than likely, Tampa Bay found something on film, and they were getting him to jump on routes and then kind of getting behind him a little bit. Um, but we'll see. Marvin says, Jimmy Johnson and Howie both just said Brock Purdy could take the Niners to the Super Bowl. Wow. You never thought we would hear that, but when you got a defense that's as good as this with the offensive weapons, and then just as well as Brock Purdy looked in command, why not Brock, right? I mean, it's spectacular. Mr. Course, the Broncos need to give us DJ Jones back for the playoffs, would love that if they decided to go ahead and wave him, would take him in a heartbeat. Google says, why do you think Brock Purdy was selected so late in the draft? A lot of it's measurables. Uh, so sometimes, you know, with these quarterbacks, you see Brock Purdy, he's just a little over six foot, like six foot one, you know, 212 pounds, four, eight, 40, nothing special. Uh, where they're drafting quarterbacks that have special, you know, size, uh, arm strength, athletic ability. So with somebody like Brock Purdy, they're, they're, they're talking about the fact he doesn't have a lot of size. And then he has not the strongest arm in the in the world. I think everyone can see that on display. But what he does really great is he throws with anticipation. 
He understands how to run an offense. He has great command. He has great footwork. And those things, you know, are very beneficial to some coaches. And that that's what you're seeing right now from Brock Purdy. It's not always going to be the case, uh, but it seems like it's working out with Purdy. And WTM with the Super Chat says, name three ways you'd like to see Purdy improve. I think the first way I'd like to see Pur Purdy improve um, is I just, I just want to see him at times um, maybe get a little bit more on the football down the field. I mean, he took some hits in this game. Uh, I think number two, I just want to see him continue to get even a, more of a grasp of this offense. I think the more he learns, the more he understands, the better he'll get. And then number three, um, I think it's just going to be uh, just keeping his poise. And I, I know he did a very good job in this game, um, but I just want him to continue to work on that. And Traffic says Brock Purdy has more wins versus Tom Brady than Josh Allen. Just saying what you want with that. <laughs> That's freaking great. I uh, love that. Uncle Rob comes through with B-Rock. Loving it. And Edgar says, hey, Niner bros, Simply 49ers today are super bang uh, machine. It's that. Yeah, it's a it's great. It's a good day to be a 49er fan. Luce's Aunt Purdy has great pocket awareness for a rookie. You gotta love that. I do. I mean, that was he he made things happen. And sometimes I just laughed. Other times I'm just like shaking my head, like this is stupid. Uh, because you don't normally expect a you know third string quarterback to come in and do what they did. But uh, he looks spectacular. I'm excited about him. Traffic says, if you clinch next week, no reason to rush Debo back. A healthy Debo is way more important than a potential better seed. Oh, yeah, I don't think you rush him back because you feel like you can still beat the teams that are there um, without Debo Samuel. So I think Debo will come back at some point, hopefully. I mean, depending on what the MRI says, hopefully it's good news. Uh, that would be good. And Jan is, is wanting the, the Colts to give us Buckner back. Everyone's wanting defensive line help. We're going to probably need a little bit. Marvis is in the interview after the game. Purdy gave all the credit to the team. It takes a team to get to the playoffs and win. Love that from Brock Purdy. Uh, really smart and just, you know, he's a he's just well beyond his years. Uh, Gary says, fake Brady, where's the real Tom? I mean, uh, they're definitely struggling there in Tampa Bay. The offense hasn't looked the same. Uh, Tom Brady still have been having a pretty good year. He was 16 touchdowns with three interceptions coming into this game. Uh, now he's 17 and five. So, I mean, he's not having a terrible uh, a terrible season, but this really great defense for the 49ers made him look very average in this football game. David Campbell says 49ers defense is the only team in the league that have allowed under 200 points. Almost a quarter of those happened in one game. That Kansas City game, ever since then, the 49ers haven't lost. It was a turning point in this season. So sometimes big losses like that get you motivated to go the right way. Brad Jones says Debo high ankle sprain. Um, so uh, Brad says if they beat Seattle, Debo should not be back until the wild card weekend. So high ankle sprain means he's going to be out for probably the rest of the regular season. And that's understandable. The good news is with the way the 49ers have been playing, they should be able to win enough football games to get into the playoffs. And then Debo can come back and help the team. So a crisis averted. And I think that's good news for the 49ers. Do we want to see Debo get hurt at all? No. Michael Michael Humphrey says, can you imagine the drama of the 49ers win the Super Bowl with Purdy? I want it, Michael. I want all that drama. Bring that drama. I want that talk because I want the 49ers to win a Super Bowl. I want this conversation to have to be made. Uh, Brock Purdy or Trey Lance. I, I just, why not, right? Let's just have that conversation. I, and I hope it's caused by a Super Bowl victory with Brock Purdy at the helm. Marvin Rosa still have Ayuk and Jennings and McCaffrey and Kittle. 
plenty of weapons. Google accounts as Danny Gray caught a pass. It was nice. Danny Gray ran a nice slant, caught the ball, got a first down, got his feet wet. Uh, his blocking still a little something to be desired. But hey, you know, we're seeing improvement from the young cat. And Josh Johnson put the ball on him and he made a nice play. You got to love that overall from Danny Gray. And they might need Danny Gray. Uh, so we'll see. I think it's good news about Debo Samuel potentially being high ankle sprain. I know those can be those, you know, six week injuries, which is not great, but uh, hopefully it's less than. Mike Humphrey says Kyle said it looks like Debo was a high ankle sprain. Um, Mr. Corey says Shannon is saying it's most likely high ankle sprain. Mr. Corey says Debo out. I wonder who Kyle is going to run up the middle and get injured next. Come on, Mr. Corey, really? Come on now. I mean, th this is the thing. It's football. It doesn't matter if you run outside or you run inside. You have the opportunity to get hurt. It's just, it's it's something that can happen. And you know what? It, Debo Samuel happened to get twisted and get hurt, but this is not as a result of Kyle Shanahan running an offensive play in the second quarter up 21-0. If this was the fourth quarter, we would have a different conversation. But this is the, the second quarter of a football game, and all the conversation has been that Kyle Shanahan can't finish games. They lost, you know, that Super Bowl to Tom Brady, 28 to three. 21 nothing in the first half. Let's go. Come on, guys. You know, it, you you just you run your offense. And and that's the thing. Debo is one of those guys that he runs it outside. He runs it up the middle. It's just what has to be done. Uh, and then Lou says, what's the status with Givens? I haven't heard anything about Kevin Givens. I just heard that it was a knee. So um I don't know. I don't know exactly what's going to be with Kevin Givens. I'm hoping for good news. Givens has had such a spectacular year. I'm mean, the loss of Hassan Ridgeway. We're just missing so much in that interior defensive line. Um, so I don't know. Mr. Gore says maybe Jordan Mason, who has never done anything wrong when he gets chances, can play more. No reason to be running Debo up the middle with him and Ty Davis Price on the team. Why? Why, Mr. Corey, is Debo Samuel not one of the most dynamic weapons, a wide back? No one was talking about him running up the middle when he was doing it against Dallas to win the football game in the playoffs last year. No one was doing that when he was doing it in the NFC Championship game to beat the Los Angeles or to try to beat the Los Angeles Rams. Nobody cared last year when he was tearing it up. They only care after the fact when he gets hurt. It, you don't think about that stuff as a play caller. And there's no way to be able to foretell when injuries are going to happen. You go out there, you call plays. The game plan was for Debo Samuel to get runs outside and for Debo Samuel to run read option. Debo Samuel was running a play off to the left side, but it presented itself to run up the middle and he cut up the field. And this is, it's, it's crazy to me. There's no way that you can blame Kyle Shanahan for injuries that happen in this football game. I'm just, I can't get with it. I just can't get on that. So um, I think that, you know, Debo Samuel's injury is unfortunate. Uh, but there's no one to blame here, but just football in general, things happen. You know what I mean? I mean, that's just how football is. And if you start changing your play calls to try to protect players, uh, instead of using them as the threats and weapons that they are, your offense is going to take a hit. And I don't think Kyle Shannon is going to do that. And I would not tell him to do that. And he says, were those running backs on the team last season? It doesn't matter. It's the way that you, you have to use your, your dynamic players. One of Debo Samuel's best assets is the fact that he's a dynamic runner. Debo Samuel had a 13-yard touchdown run today. That was Debo Samuel. Uh, do I think Jordan Mason is a, is a very nice player? Yes. Um, but Jordan Mason, in that sort of situation, is not as dynamic. Part of the reason they had Jordan Mason in the football game when Debo Samuel got hurt 
And part of the reason they did is because it changes the way a defense plays. You're trying to look for matchups. You're trying to look for numbers. And that's what it afforded you, putting Debo in that situation. So um, I'm not going to agree with you on this. It's one of those things where, I mean, I think that this was a very positive game for the 49ers. Injuries suck. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not because Kyle Shanahan called that play that Debo got hurt. It was because Debo got his leg underneath a defender. That's why he got hurt. Uh, so it's just unfortunate. I just think it's unfortunate. Uh, Marvin says, is football and injuries are part of the game? Exactly. Um, SL says, I'm with you, Ed. There's a huge group of Niner fans that want Kyle to fall, uh, want to blame him for everything. I'm not with it either. Um, yeah, I mean, Kyle's done a really good job. I, I think he really is. Uh, yeah, I... It's WTM says, I'm not mad at Kyle. I respect every play call. It's called football. It's unfortunate. You know, and I think, like I said, you know, this uh, Kyle Shanahan has has had his moments, you know, last year in the fourth quarter against the Lions. You know, he had Jason Brett and he got hurt, you know, and people kind of were critical of that. And I think if the run would have been in the fourth quarter, you know, of this game and they would have been up, you know, by a significant amount, we'd have a different conversation. But I, I just don't see it. You know, and he's been pretty consistent about when he brings Jordan Mason in. Mason's doing the Elijah Mitchell role and coming in the second half and being a hammer. And I think that's worked out pretty well. And that's part of the reason he's running in those situations. Uh, but it changes the offense when Jordan Mason's in there compared to when Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel are in there. Uh, Mr. Corson, as far as the timing of the run, he ran Debo up the middle in a blow in the fourth quarter against the Falcons last season. He probably did. And I could use your own argument against you. Where, the, where were those other running backs? You know what I mean? So I mean that's the thing. It, you can't you can't have it both ways on that. Um, and you know I think that when it comes down to it, injuries make everyone you know especially in San Francisco, uh, just see bad things. But uh, you know Kyle Shanahan in the in the in the first half, I, I'm not going to criticize him for for the way that he used Debo Samuel. I wouldn't criticize him if he used Brandon Ayuk in that situation. Um, it's just not. And and people get you know tied up about running between the tackles. Uh, you know, you can get hurt anywhere on the field, but uh, I mean, it, it's you're you're allowed to feel your own way. I'm just telling you, I'm never going with that way because I was a play caller for a long time, and there's I never considered where I was running a player or, or how I was getting him the football as far as him being injured. That's not something you think about. You just think about putting him in the best situation to be successful, and if that meant running him up the middle, then I'm for sure running him up the middle. Uh, Google accounts says I agree, blaming Kyle Shannon for playing. Uh, his player doesn't make sense. The same with Trey Lance. He was obviously drafted because of running play uh, making ability. Hence, that's how Kyle used him. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that, you know, that that's very true. And Brad Jones says apparently Purdy has an oblique injury and they are not worried, but perhaps something to watch for this week. Very interesting, Brad Jones. Thank you for that update. Uh, Brock Purdy did take a couple of big hits in this football game. Hopefully it's nothing serious and he's able to roll. Would definitely rather have Brock Purdy than Josh Johnson at the helm. And when you have Seattle coming up, it's definitely you know something you have to pay attention to. Um, but I mean, I think this is a uh, you know overall it was a great game for the San Francisco 49ers uh, to come away with a huge victory. And you know against a team that you know even though Tampa Bay Buccaneers are six and six, they're the closest team to you as far as playoff seeding. And the fact that they're getting so close uh, and you were able to kind of put them down, I think is huge for the 49ers moving forward. Uh, Mr. Corey says, I defended him against getting Trey Lance injured uh, stuff because it was a read option. I left it up to him. I like Kyle, but he's not above criticism. I don't think he's above criticism either. Um, you know, and that's why I said, Mr. Corey, you're allowed to, to criticize him. 
I just can't go there with you. I, I'm just going to have my opinion. You're going to have yours, and that's fine. Uh, I don't expect us all to agree, and I know you don't expect us all to agree either. That's part of the fun of having the, the discourse and the conversation is that different people see di football different ways, and we're all kind of you know, determined. Our thoughts are determined by our, our previous situations or how we view it, and we just see it different, and that's okay. And I'm going to sit here and, you know, and I'm going to have my point of view and you're going to have yours. And I think that's what's great about the conversation. Um, yeah. And, and Mr. Corsi, I guess Jerry Rice was wrong to say the same thing. I just said, yeah, he was. I'll tell Jerry Rice. I have no problems with that. Uh, Jerry Rice, you know what I mean? He, he said what he said, and that's fine. And Jerry Rice is entitled to his opinion, just like I am. But it doesn't make him right because he played in the NFL. It doesn't make him right because, you know, he, he was a very good football player. It just makes his opinion his opinion. Um, so I think that's just how it is. And I'm with you, Mr. Corey. I'm glad no one is seriously injured. I think that was what scared everyone. Everyone seeing Debo Samuel down and the way he was and him getting carted off uh, was what got it. So basically what Jerry Rice said, Jan, was that stop running um, your star players up the middle. And then he tagged um, Debo Samuel. He tagged Jimmy Garoppolo and he tagged Trey Lance. Uh, that was what Jerry Rice did. That is wrong what he did um, because now he's making it a bigger story than he is. If he wants to have his opinion, that's fine. Uh, but, you know, that's what happens sometimes when these players talk. And like I said, I think he jumped the gun because he was a little upset about what he saw. And I think it's okay to be upset, uh, but that turns a firestorm on Twitter. They go crazy when this stuff happens. And there was a lot of people that ran with that opinion and that's okay. But I'm just saying like, that's not how football is. Um, and it's it's not about running players up the middle. I mean, Jerry Rice, uh, he ran the ball on the outside in the Super Bowl in 1994 and injured his shoulder on a reverse. That wasn't up the middle. That was outside. Uh, so some things happen. That's just the way it is. Uh, Gary says, oh, one, away games, they use a fake body double for Brady. Uh, that's pretty interesting. I like that. Uh, the uh, Mr. Corey's back to getting DJ Jones for the playoffs. Would love that. I would love to get... Uh, a interior defensive lineman, and they're probably going to work out a couple of guys in this football game, to be honest. So um, more than likely, that's what's going to happen. And uh, who those guys are going to be, I know Jay Ellie had brought up a bunch of guys, you know, during the uh, one of the shows earlier this week, brought a, a lot of interior defensive linemen that were available, and there were still some very talented guys. And they're probably going to need a couple of guys, depending on what, you know, we find out about Kevin Givens, um, and also Kerry Hyder, because Kerry Hyder's been playing a very hybrid role, the outside and the inside. And with them having Alex Barrett on the deep, you know, on the practice squad, they could go with Barrett. Um, but I think that they probably want to bring in some guys. T.Y. McGill played pretty good today uh, in his limited snaps, uh, but he'll be asked to have a bigger role next week in the game against Seattle because they will have to stop that run of Seattle if they have a, if they want to have a chance to win. We'll see if Kenneth Walker is going to be available. He was a scratch today. He's been dealing with some injuries as well. And Jan says Sheldon Day will do. Yeah, they did bring him in for a workout earlier. And, and Lou says TCC hit that like button. I really appreciate uh, any likes that you know we could get. I really appreciate that. Go definitely goes to help the video uh, do better. So thank you guys so much for that. Marvin says when Jimmy was injured, he was not running up the middle. He was running for his life away from the defense. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was unfortunate. He got brought down like that and injured. Uh, injuries are a part of the game, you know, and, and it just sucks anytime a player gets hurt. I wish we could turn injuries off. That way you could just see, you know, the best teams, you know, win and uh, the best 53 guys, the best 40, you know, eight, they get to go out there and play. But 
injuries are a real thing and being able to overcome those injuries is part of the game and the 49ers do it at a really extremely high level. Mr. Corey says wanted a Bosa sack to stay in the sack lead. Glad Parsons didn't get get one today. Uh, let's hope Justin gets none tonight. Yeah, Bosa wasn't able. I knew this was going to be kind of tough to be able to get home. Tom Brady doesn't get sacked very often. And I mean, Nick Bosa almost got him. Uh, I, Tom Brady threw that one out. I thought I still thought it should have been intentional grounding his knee inches from the ground. Just wasn't able to get you know him all the way down. That was really close. I thought Bosa had a couple near misses. Craig Jackson had a couple near misses as well. And Marvin says, having a pepperoni pizza to celebrate the W over the goat. Love that. Great. WTM. The Super Chat says, Coach, what's the biggest takeaway from this game? The biggest takeaway from this game is that this 49ers team is built to win in the playoffs. It doesn't matter who's pulling the trigger at quarterback. Even though Brock Purdy did a really good job, uh, we've seen them have success with you know every quarterback that they put in there. And with having the weapons that they have, they can overcome injuries. Uh, the defense is the real deal. They're a championship caliber team defense. And with that, they're in every single football game that they play. So uh, it doesn't matter if it's Brock Purdy or, you know, heaven forbid it's Josh Johnson. The four years have an opportunity to win because of the way this team has been built and the, the way that, you know, the defense plays. Brad Jones says, wondering what drip Bayless is going to say. His man crush got crushed and his Cowboys almost lost. To the Texans. Well, he was already starting to say that the, the four, he wants the 49ers to play the Cowboys in the playoffs and the Cowboys would beat the 49ers in Levi Stadium. Uh, that's what he's already getting out there. It's crazy. Jose says, I haven't been here in a while. What's good with coach? How's it going, Jose? I hope you're having a good one. I'm doing great. Uh, enjoying a nice 49ers victory, having a good conversation with a bunch of really, really uh, good people here. Uh, Mr. Sinister says, I wanted the Cowboys to lose so close. It was close. Houston Texans almost got it. Marvin, have a good one. Enjoy yourself. I hope you have a, a good time enjoying your victory pizza. Mr. Corey says, Ant, do you think Hufong is regressing a little? But no, I think they're just taking advantage of his aggressiveness a little. I think early in the season, he was going off instincts, and he was able to make plays. And now they're kind of seeing what he does on film, and they're trying to take advantage of his eagerness uh, to see certain keys and jump on those. And I think what they're doing is they're giving him those keys and then changing it up a little bit. That's one of the things you can do as a play caller is you can go ahead and, and confuse guys. If they think they know what you're doing, um, that you could give them that same look and give them something else. And I think that's what's catching him. So right now what he's going off is so much pre-snap. And pre-snap is great. Uh, the things that you read in pre-snap are fantastic. Those can give you an advantage if you, you know, steps ahead. Uh, but really the main key is you settle in and trust your eyes. Sometimes you can say, hey, you know what? I see this and I'm going to be aware of that, but I need to trust my eyes during the play. And I think he'll get to that right now. But he's he's you know one of those guys that's like, he's really putting all the focus in on film study, on keys. And I think they're taking advantage of him a little bit. And I think he'll settle in here in the next couple of weeks. So at least I'm hopeful that he'll start trusting his eyes and really start making a play. And WTM says, what grade do you give the secondary um, I'm going to give them a B minus. I thought the secondary played pretty good today. They were able to get a turnover. You know, Tarverius Ward, I thought, played fantastic. But I did think Diamond Lenore, you know, got beat a little bit. And then also Talando Hufanga had a couple of struggles as well. But Tarverius Ward, Jimmy Ward had a very good game. Uh, they they look really good. So I'm going to give them a B minus, of course. I want to watch the L22 film. That's when you can really see the secondary a lot better. But, um, you know, that, that'll come up during the week. 
But thanks everyone for coming through for the game reaction show. I really appreciate it. Had a great time having a conversation with all of you. Uh, now I'm going to go off and do some Christmas stuff with my family, but I really appreciate everyone that came through and I'll see you all during the week for all kinds of content. It's going to be a fun week. 49ers for Seattle Seahawks on Thursday night football. A win clinches the division. It's going to be a great week. So everyone have a great one and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Until then, stay safe. And remember the right way is always the 49ers way. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.